Why is that? What? Why is that when it comes to that situation, somebody's, somebody's feathers get ruffled and they try to shut it down? Mm-hmm. Let's go back. Everybody that ever tried to help anybody that was black or black communities come up, what they do? They murdered them. Yep. John F. Kennedy tried to help black people. Murdered Smoked them. them. Malcolm X, for his people, smoked them. Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King got him out of there. So what is it about when you're trying to help a people of color and he's in a league that has almost 70% people that are of color? How is it that this man can't get a It's not even the fact that yeah. it's not the fact that he doesn't want to play anymore. The opportunity isn't even extended isn't even to him. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's the kick. The kick is mm-hmm. here's a dude that just had a an egregious situation going on, mm-hmm. and he back. You gave him a suspension. Gave him a suspension, yeah. And he back. And he's got <laughs> a contract on, with incentives. You can't make this up. The hypocrisy stinks so bad. Hey, listen. It's and it's so obvious. You're doing it in plain view. Yep. So. Rather, it doesn't matter if Colin Kaepernick ever wants to play another snap in the mm-hmm. NFL. Yep, it is you, the bottom 32 line. teams never, aren't even offering it. Nope, not at all. Not even thinking about it. He's an afterthought. So you telling me and after he settled that case that, that yep. wasn't written, that Absolutely. that no team could, could even don't, you're not even allowed yeah. to offer it to him? Right. And you know, uh, now that we say that, I, I like one of the things that Keyshawn Johnson said on his show with Jason Williams and the other guy, he said, you know, talking about the Cowboys and how bad they are, where they're at the point now where they have Ben DiNucci, seventh-round pick starting, who will likely be starting um, next next mm-hmm. Monday night against the Eagles. Right. He mentioned, he said, oh, Kaepernick might be out there. Kaepernick's available. Nobody Probably not going to happen. That's crazy. You know, Kareem Green, thanks for tuning in. It's, it, it's probably not going to happen but getting to my main point of the point and that was just a little extra that yeah, i wanted yeah, to yeah, add in yeah, you know because yeah. this is what we do here at, at sports rap and heat more hundred radio now getting into the main point what i mentioned was is it a good signing or will it be a regretful signing for do you really lose out well if you look at it that way, you kind of don't <laughs> you really, really don't. lose out <laughs> really because it, it just proves that old cliche: the rich get richer. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I didn't write it down, but you can go and look at it. Bleacher Report they posted it. Um, the weapons that Tom Brady now has in Tampa Bay. But when I thought about that, it immediately took me back to Tom Brady with the New England Patriots, mm-hmm. the New England Patriots bringing in Antonio Brown. It lasted a cup of coffee. It, yeah. it was a cup yeah. of coffee. They, ain't even, they, ain't even, they didn't even put the cream and sugar in there. You know, it, it was black coffee, yeah. straight, right out the pot, <laughs> steaming hot, and, and it cooled off very mm-hmm. quickly. You know, And then it was an afterthought. They actually finished that season without him. Right. And that's what I got. That's what I was getting at when I said, will it be regret? Will it be a regret? For them because he's on a team and he's got the same quarterback. Same quarterback. 
So they had some sort of connection. Right. For him to vie for him again yes. the second time. And you have talent that was already there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you could also argue this and debate this about Gronk coming out of retirement and going to play with Tom Brady and Tampa Bay as well. They already had talent. They definitely had talent. Now, I do admit their quarterback situation was a mess. Mm-hmm. But they had talent. So. Was it really a mess? Yes. Jameis Winston led the league in passing last year. He threw a lot of interceptions. I was about to say, he he, he was damn near close (laughs) in leading the league in interceptions as well. He did throw a lot of interceptions. And I I say it was a mess (laughs) because of how it played out. Yeah, yeah. It was a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, night and day thing with him. It was like, this week I'm going to have a Mm -hmm. game where it's no doubt we're going to win this game. Mm -hmm. Even if it's got to come to my arm, we're going to win this game. And then the next week it would be like, yo, this can't be the same. Did this thing. dude bump his head, yeah. or yeah. did they clone him and yeah. send the unfinished clone out to play, yeah. or something? So that's where I say, <laughs> Harry Scruggs says he had thirty interceptions <laughs> last year. <laughs> hey Harry, I know Harry. <laughs> Listen, but he threw over five thousand yards. We know man. that. That's why I said it was a mess. Um, Look, but, I, listen. I will say this: Tom Brady brings. Uh, a calm, a calm leadership level. Yeah. To that position. Right. And because he brings that calm leadership level to that position, because they're looking at him like, "Yo, this, the goat." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So him being a perfectionist takes your skill position to another level because he's right. able to incorporate. That I don't think that was something that Jameis Winston could do. Right. I think he was out there gunslinging it. And, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But. In every like in result, the defense got good. They were already okay. Yeah. So it's it's like this this leadership energy has bounced off on other aspects of that team, and it's made it even out. Mm-hmm. So bringing a, bringing Antonio Brown in to me, I don't think it, I don't think it interrupts that energy. Right. It adds to it. Mm-hmm. But he can't, it is nothing he can do. If it don't work out, they just right. cut him. Right. They was already rolling. Right. Yeah. So you got to experiment with what you can experiment oh, while it's there. Who yeah. else is going to give him that opportunity? Not too many other teams. And he really on some stuff like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I ain't trying to go bad. Uh-huh. Like, dude. Yeah, it's an opportunity. Yeah, you might be happy. You even got a job. Right. Now, what I was getting at or what I was alluding to, alluding to slightly or coyly is, Simple, simple fact of the conversation we had last week mm-hmm. when we talked about the L.A. Clippers and some of those players after the fact speaking out about the preferential treatment of Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. In a small way, you could place this in this situation. But like we mentioned, they had the talent there. Yeah, they definitely had. They had the talent there. But again, like I said, you can go far back as them signing Bro- I mean Gronk. Mm-hmm. And then now you bring in Antonio Brown. And let's just play devil's advocate and go hypothetical again here. Let's talk about Mike Evans. Right. For now. Mike Evans could speak up and say some things, if you will. Because I've been the number one guy. Mm -hmm. I've played like the number one guy here. Mm -hmm. 
And now you bring Antonio Brown in, and we all know Antonio Brown's history. Mm-hmm. He's going to, he's known to want to be that alpha male, want to be that number one guy, regardless of who else is there with him. I mean, you, you can almost see it where it, 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 it kind of appears that he could be holding other players back True. in their performance. If you think about it, you go back to Pittsburgh and you look at his last couple years there and now you look at Juju. Mm-hmm. You could debate and say that with all of his antics and his diva stuff as a wide receiver, that he could have been holding Juju back. It's a with his game within the game nonsense. So, what does that do now to Tampa Bay? And we don't know the full extent of what happened with the breakup with him right. in New England. Right. And we talked about Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Okay, you talked about Tom Brady and his leadership qualities, the way he does it. We don't know if Tom Brady could have went to Bill and said, look, I got Gronk. I had, I got Edelman. I, I got, listen, mm-hmm. I'm not dealing with that. Right. Either we got to make a decision. We are good without that. I mean, I understand if he's going to come and play and just play, we'll be even better. Mm-hmm. But if I got to deal with the nonsense, I, I'm not feeling that. So, Who's to say that that may not pop up again? Possibly. But let's go back. And I'm glad you said that. And before you go, before yeah. you go into it, like I just mentioned, with the talent that's already there, right. it may not necessarily be time. It, it might not be. But let's go back to New England when Bill Belichick was ready to move on without Tom Brady two years ago. Mm-hmm. And Robert Kraft decided, nah, three right. years back, right? nah, because Garoppolo mm-hmm. was supposed to be this next guy. That's why they drafted him. Absolutely. And it was supposed to be a changing of the guard. Let's get all the picks we can mm-hmm. for time while he's still hot. Right. There was this, this weird bump in the heads between Belichick and Tom Brady for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you bring uh, uh, you bring Antonio Brown into that mix at that particular time, and who's going to listen to who? Right. Who's going to listen to who? And that was a little, it was a little weird how that went down because it was almost like, all right, Antonio Brown's dead. Next minute, he gone. Yep. You know what I mean? So now you see Tom Brady in this role it leads me to believe this was that was some Belichick stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Tom Brady wanted Antonio Brown to rule. That's why he's with him now. Very possible. I don't think it mm-hmm. was more so, I think it was more so against the grain of Tom Brady. Right. Yeah. And I mean, now that you just said that, if you think about it football-wise, the type of quarterback that Tom Brady is, with the weapons that were already there before Antonio Brown, now with the addition of Antonio Brown, makes it that much easier for him. Oh, most definitely. As far as playing quarterback yeah. in that offense and against other teams. It, it puts the pressure on 
the defenses and the defensive coordinators of the other teams mm-hmm. to decide who's going to beat us. And as you know, and right, and norm, under normal pretenses, you will say who we're not going to let beat us. Mm-hmm. But now it's to the point where which one of these guys is going to yeah. beat us. Yeah. Yeah. So that being said, it's now 10 minutes after 12, 10 minutes after the noontime hour. Great, great dialogue. That's oh, why it looks so long. And I just happened to look at the clock <laughs> and realize that we went through that very quickly. Um, but great stuff. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to give you our picks for week eight, and then we'll move into some other stuff. We're going to move into some basketball talk. We may even have some more stuff to talk about about this whole situation. So, folks, you are tuned in to Sports Rap, Heat 100 Radio. It's your boy D. It's your boy Paul. We'll see you on the other side in just a few minutes. Always to another installment of the Sports Rap Podcast right here on Heat 100 Radio, the station that keeps it 100. So we appreciate, again, everybody that tunes in, everybody that follows us on social media, that um, just supports us. You know, if we don't have you, we don't have us. You know, I know we had our fifth anniversary show last week, and my partner mentioned that if the show doesn't go, if I don't go, the show doesn't go. Totally appreciate that. Um, but also, we need you to make it happen. If it wasn't for you guys, we would just be doing this just to be doing it. But, you know, we are, just so you know, we do pay attention. We are following. We do know what's going on on our social medias, and we do see the love and support that we get from our station mates, our show other shows here, the boss lady, and everybody else in and around on our social medias. So we definitely appreciate you all for that. We got some interesting stuff that I wanted to bring to the table today. Um, you know, as always, I, I get my partner in tune at worst on Sunday afternoon to give him a heads up about what's going to go on mm-hmm. on Monday. And one of the things I want to talk about is we are going to get to it once we get through our news and updates and our football scores from week seven. There has been a signing of Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. And when I first posted it, and I'm sure you saw it, I posted the picture, everybody, I'm sure y'all saw it. Rock Hall, thanks for tuning in. What's going on, Rock? Rock the Bar was tuned in from the morning rush. And I want to talk about that as far as what I mentioned in the post. Was it a good signing or... Will it come back and bite the bucks in the you-know-where? And then this morning, I want to add a piece to it. And it's backtracking or going back to some things that we talked about when it first happened and that we continually talked about for weeks and months on. And that's in reference to one Colin Kaepernick in the situation. So just give you a heads up on that. When we get to it, we'll let you know, you'll know, and we'll... um, let you chime in. Like you said, Facebook Live, Sports Rap Radio, Sports Rap Podcast mm-hmm. is now the group. So, like you just saw, Rock Hall just tuned in. You can tune in and you can type. He typed in, what's up, bro? So you can put in your comments, and we will definitely get as many of them, if not all of them, read on the air. So let's get into our news and updates for this week. The Philadelphia Eagles, um, in their attempts to trade Alshon Jeffrey, was very difficult. A big part of that is due to his paycheck Mm -hmm. and the injury bug. So I can understand 
how that's very difficult because teams right now may not have the room or they may have other plans and might not want to take on that big salary. Mm -hmm. And also the injury bug. Um, Going back to last season, if you will, but more importantly this season, we are approaching week eight. Quick. Quick. And we have not seen, Eagles fans have not seen Alshon Jeffrey in uniform as of yet Mm -hmm. as far as game time. They say he's been practicing a little bit, but practice is practice. You know, the state of the Eagles, the state of that division, and we're going to talk a little bit about that division as well. The state of the Eagles right now, who sadly sit in first place at 2-4-1, and and nobody in this division is above 500. Everybody in this division is under 500. So we got some stuff to talk about about this division. But, Alshon, you are sorely needed uh, on the field. And, you know, it's just a a thorn in the side. But, like I said, the big paycheck and the injuries. So, again, I know I'm jumping the gun a little bit. But, just like we said, the Sixers had a lot of work to do in the offseason. I think the most work that's going to need to be done from the Philly teams is the Eagles. And I think that's going to possibly or eventually start with them seriously considering and seriously thinking about moving on from Howie Roseman. And it just shows in the last several drafts how the Eagles have missed out on players that were there for the taking when they drafted. So we'll get into that a little bit. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, Like I mentioned, Antonio Brown has signed with the Bucks. The deal is reportedly worth up to two and a half million. Okay. Now this is the way they broke it down. So it's it's potentially up to two point five million. There's a seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar bonus for a Super Bowl win. And then there's three two hundred and fifty thousand dollar bonuses for catches, yards, and TDs. Okay. Now We'll talk about that when we get to talking about the Antonio Brown and him signing with them. The NBA is now targeting Christmas Day for the start of the season, which brings to my head the fact that if they start on Christmas, in essence, they are about a month behind their normal start. Mm-hmm. You know, they usually start around October, the end of October, mm-hmm. you know, Halloween, Halloween or the week before yeah. that. Actually, we would be looking at possibly, if they were a regular season, no coronavirus, we would probably be looking at some preseason games this coming weekend mm-hmm. since we're going into the end of the month. So, But again, I give the NBA kudos and I give them some wiggle room because they are desperately trying. And, you know, with everything that's going on, they're working around it, but they have contingency plans set, like we always say. And they're like, so far, um, the best that has done and handled that um, coronavirus and interrupting their seasons. The Toronto Raptors may play in, in Louisville, Kentucky at the KFC Yum Center. Wow, that's almost as bad as Detroit at the Little Caesars <laughs> Arena. Yeah, yeah. But at, I think that's um, very interesting that the Raptors would play in the States. Um, could that be a hint on a move? Because they're the only team. Remember when they first started, there were two teams Vancouver. in Canada. It was the Vancouver Grizzlies, who are now the Memphis Grizzlies. And now there's the Toronto Raptors, who possibly could be playing. Right now, they may play in Louisville. 
Could that mean a possible move, some more sponsorship from KFC and that KFC Yum Center? You know, one of the biggest things that has been a buzz or rumored in the NBA around the league is the fact that there are players who do not want to go there because of that high tax bracket. Mighty Mouse, thanks for tuning in, as always. So that's a huge, huge thing um, in Toronto because that tax bracket is... Whew, it's as high as giraffe, you know it's what? <laughs> you get and two, tax, two separate taxes. Yeah, you get two separate taxes because you get the, the regular state tax because you're affiliate of the NBA, and then you get that Canada tax, which mm-hmm. is like I said, high as giraffe, you know what? So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, after his ankle injury on Thursday night, will miss some extended time, and then it was later reported that he will be out indefinitely. And to save in the event that the Eagles hold on and win the division and somehow make the playoffs, he was placed on IR mm-hmm. so he would have a chance to come back. So there's another possibility with the Eagles. Like I said, their difficulty in trying to trade Alshon. They're going to have to think very, very hard about what they're going to do with Deshaun Jackson. Um, you know, in the beginning, there, it was a great signing with him coming back and all of that. And, you know, the fan, it was a fan favorite, a fan specialty to bring him back, which I think in all, when it all boils down to what I go back to when he was released by Chip Kelly and that whole debacle of a couple seasons of the Philadelphia Eagles, I, I felt like he never should have been released. Nah. Um, and, and I think they would have gotten more production out of him and it would have flowed in and possibly could have saved him some injuries mm-hmm. like he's been going through over his last um couple years of his career um in the world series the dodgers take game five four to two over the Rays. that series is now edged towards the dodgers at three two after game five tuesday tomorrow night 8 p.m on fox will be game six potential closeout game for the dodgers or an extension game for the Rays. and we will definitely see what happens that will be posted you know as we do when we're not on air on social media the Tennessee Titans were found three were fined three hundred and fifty thousand dollars for their violations. I'm gonna talk a little bit about that. Yeah, that yeah. that three, you know, as we like to say, that slap on the wrist. <laughs> uh, we'll get to that. In the UFC, Khabib gets an impressive win in the lightweight division and then retires. He got a lot of kudos from players around, other players, other athletes. Hey, I Joe, thanks for tuning in. Got a lot of kudos for play, not players, athletes around from other sports on how he handled himself with retiring after an impressive win with the 29-0 record. It's also been reported that he promised his mom that that particular fight would be his last fight. And he stuck to his word and he retired, you know, immediately or there shortly there after that fight. So kudos to him for that, for keeping a promise to his mom and ending um, his career on top, as you should go out, 29-0 and 0 as the champ. And, you know, folks, if you haven't seen any UFC, 29 fights, in my opinion, is, is a lot of fights for the physical activity, the extensive rough physical activity that goes on mm-hmm. in those UFC matches. Like, you see they're just wearing... Slightly padded gloves over the knuckles, uh, but it's a lot of grappling and boxing, wrestling. Mm-hmm. It's like three sports all tied into one. Mm-hmm. 
So you can kick, and not just kick in the legs. You can kick people in the head. You can punch them in the head, the elbow. Everything that you can't do in boxing, <laughs> you can do in UFC. Everything that you can't do in grappling, mm -hmm. you can do and then some in UFC. Things that you can't do in wrestling, you can do in UFC. Mm -hmm. So 29 fights it is a long time to endure punishment at that level. And for him to be 29-0 and 0 and taking on somebody, because it wasn't all sweet. You know, right. we know that. Because like I just mentioned to you, the rules and regulations of the UFC, still, we know it's rough. So it definitely was not easy. But shout out to him for lasting and having no major injuries or no serious injuries mm -hmm. and being able to get the 21 wins um, and no losses. So the last thing I want to give you in your news and updates before we get into some NFL talk and some NFL scores from week seven was not put in the mainstream. But you know me. I'm always searching for stuff to bring to the show, doing my homework. And this is just some accolades, some praise for these young ladies. There was a African-American girls chess team out of Detroit who went to a national championship and won first place. Mm -hmm. So kudos to them for that. Um and like we, like I said, it was not mentioned um, in the mainstream. So we are going to take do our due diligence and mention it here and give them kudos for that. So, folks, young ladies, young men, that there's an example for you where you don't have to be a physical athlete mm -hmm. to succeed or be successful. You can use your mental. Oh, most definitely. You know? And I think a lot more of our youth need to look at that avenue. And I'm not saying don't play sports or whatever. Do whatever's comfortable for you. But you also have to take into consideration and remember that at some point, you're not going to be able to do the physical stuff. But you keep your mind sharp. That can extend some careers for you. And you see, you can play chess. Chess um, if you don't know, if you don't play, it's a mind game. You hear it all the time. It is referenced in sports all the time. You know, coaches are playing a chess game. They're not playing checkers, yada, yada, yada. But it's a mind game, and it is very strategic, and it can help build attributes for other things. Uh, if you want to go into business, you can be strategic, you know, and the other things it will help you in. So, again, um, think about some of the mental stuff that you can do as far along with the athletic stuff. So now we move into week seven NFL scores. And as I was recording these scores yesterday, I noticed that I caught the schedule and I went, we went through the schedule and gave our picks. But two games that we had were um, different because of all the changes. There was the Chargers-Miami game that was actually on the schedule initially and the Pittsburgh-Baltimore game, which ended up being the Pittsburgh-Tennessee game and the Chargers-Jacksonville game. So we'll give you those scores accordingly. Going back to Thursday, and if you will, a barn burner, mm -hmm. Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Giants, 22-21. Uh, uh, we'll talk a little bit about that um, and how the Eagles came back in that game and what happened with the Giants, how they shot themselves in the foot and couldn't hold on. 
So then we move on to yesterday's games. Yesterday, Detroit with a great comeback, uh, defeat Atlanta 23-22. Cleveland edges out Cincinnati 37-34. There was also an injury to Odell Beckham. I haven't seen any reports that it was a major injury, but I will keep my ears to the street and report later on what I find out about that injury. Uh, the next game up would have been on the initial schedule was the Chargers at the Miami Dolphins. Um, so that was switched because of the coronavirus and the rescheduling, and there was the Los Angeles Chargers versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Chargers take that game 39-29. to 29. We move on to Carolina, New Orleans. New Orleans edges them out, edges out Carolina 27-24. Buffalo uh, gets by the Jets 18-10. Dallas gets beat up, literally, uh, by the Washington football team. That final score was 25-3. Pittsburgh should have been playing Baltimore, but due to, you know, the differences, they ended up playing Tennessee, and they win that by a field goal, 27-24. Green Bay beats Houston uh 35-30 Seattle falls to Arizona in overtime 34-37 Kansas City not pretty but still somehow managed to put up 43 points mm -hmm. and beat Denver 43-16 we'll talk a little bit about Kansas City too it's so scary and like I just mentioned wasn't pretty but somehow some way they still managed to put up 43 points so we we'll have to talk about that and see what goes on with that the San Francisco 49ers go into New England, and they beat up on Cam and the Patriots 33-6. to six. Yeah. Cam was benched in that game. Uh, but one of the things I liked about after the game, Cam benched, was benched. He didn't actually, you know, say too much about him being benched, but he did own up to his downfalls. He said that, and I quote, um, abridged version, that – he felt like, you know, a lot of that was on his shoulders. He needed to be better, and he wasn't the quarterback that he should have been, that he needed to be. So I, I respect him taking ownership of his actions in that loss. There's two sides of that, too. The side that he did just speak of, you know, we always say that uh, an athlete, if, they, if they're put in the right situation, Mm -hmm. can evolve into something special. He was a special player before he got there. Right. I don't think they've ever, ever had a quarterback as physically gifted as him. No, they haven't. And so you got to you gotta start teller making the game for the for player. Him. Yep. As, as good as yep. Cam can be in the pocket because he can stand tall in the pocket, mm -hmm. which is perfect. Bull got an arm. Yeah. They also had to get him moving. Yep. And I think... It works out. It'll build better for both, yeah, both and, parties in that situation. Yeah. And I think because, you know, the Patriots for years had never, ever, ever had to worry about rolling the quarterback out. Absolutely. You know, that's something that they got to get. Because when I watched that game, I'm like, oh, well, anytime he got out of the pocket was because the pocket collapsed on him. Mm -hmm. Not because it was designed that way. Right. So I think that, you know, when, when you go back and look at the game and look at the plays that were called, mm -hmm. they weren't using his abilities enough. Enough, okay. You know what I mean? The team itself didn't put enough plays in there to his ability. Mm -hmm. and, and 
Rightly so. He gotta take the he gotta take the hits for the loss, the miss the missteps, the mistiming right. and all that stuff. And and I'm cool with that. But also that, that team has to take oh, yeah. you know, some responsibility on, okay, yeah. what are we doing to to highlight right. this this guy's physical that, that, capability? That alleged great mind of Bill Belichick. What are we going to do? Gotta put it to use. Khalil Eliezer, uh senior, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, yeah, and so, I'm hoping this doesn't be this thing. See, I told you about these black quarterbacks, man. That's, yeah. You know yeah. You know yeah. this, girl. Uh, but you know how I feel about the Patriots and their whole um, alleged dynasty and greatness situation. You know I have my asterisk all over mm-hmm. that and my highlights or whatever you want to do all over that. So that, that's like a whole um, different story that we could get into at another time. Yeah. Tampa Bay um, closing out week. Closing out the week, uh, defeats Las Vegas forty-five to twenty. So, those are your scores uh, tonight. You got Miami at Chicago. Uh, no, you've got Chicago at the LA Rams on Monday Night Football. So, we will definitely, definitely get into that um, on social media. As I post week eight, and we'll give you our week eight picks. Uh, we're gonna talk some football before we give you, before we close out this football segment. We'll give you our um, week eight picks. So backtracking, and I said we would talk about a couple things. Let's talk about this Kansas City Denver game um, for a minute. Again, like I mentioned, um, Kansas City still ended up scoring forty three points. Mm-hmm. Their defense held Denver to 16 points. And, I mean, we all know Denver is not the Denver of the Elway era. Right. We know that um, right now. But it, it's no excuse. You know, football is football. You still got to play the games. But the scariest thing in that whole situation is the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs, the reigning Frank, what's going on? Thanks for tuning in. Yo, what is going on yeah, with my, my feed? My, listen, and this today, my connection is yeah, the connection is a bad. So if the yeah. re- videos keep stopping and starting, folks, just yeah. bear with us. I thought it was um, just me over here. Yeah, bear with us. We will definitely try to get that worked out right. and and get you in, you know, as much as we can. But we do know that you are tuned in, so we'll try our best um, to keep you abreast on what's going on. If we miss, if it goes out and we feel like you missed anything. Mm-hmm. When we come back in, we will backtrack and give you um, what we feel that you might have missed. But again, this San Fran- this Kansas City team, we knew the explosiveness of the offense um, for the last couple seasons. Mm-hmm. It was really on display last season on that championship run. But yesterday's game was not a, for lack of a better word, typical Kansas City game, if you will, considering the state of the Broncos and them playing the Broncos. It is not what you would have expected from a Kansas City team. But again, the scariest part of that, like I mentioned, is they still managed to score 43 points. So yeah, you know, you know, I'm a you know, we all do fantasy football and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I when I looked at the score, normally it's, you know, when I see a score like that, I know Pat Mahomes is supposed to be lighting up on my on yeah. my phone. It really wasn't. 
Right. And I'm like, well, hold up. Let me go check in on this. Let me click on this game. I start looking at the stats, and I'm like, mm-hmm. well, how are they score? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was, like, kind of crazy because the offense have, hasn't been clicking hasn't as been clicking, much. Hasn't been clicking, right. Mm-hmm. That, that one-two hit between, between him and Kelsey has been a little off. Right. You know what I mean? I don't know why, but it's just mm-hmm. been off a little mm-hmm. bit. But, you know, what also is somewhat amazing to me is for the first time in a long time, and I don't think anybody's ever really talked, I mean, has ever talked about this since this season started. And in history, it's a little odd as well, mm-hmm. as far as the NFL. We always talk about that Super Bowl hangover. Yeah. And, you know, we saw it with the Eagles. We saw it, unfortunately, because of COVID and everything with the injury bug. We just saw it with the 49ers. We saw it with the Rams, who went and couldn't win, and then they had a little having little setbacks. But it doesn't look like it's really affecting the Kansas City Chiefs as it has affected other teams. Right, right. It it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like they're real. It, it's kind of more so like a jelly situation. Mm-hmm. I think because. Because of the way the season started this year, right? I think that had a lot to do with why why the offense is the way it is. Mm-hmm. Because you got to remember too, there was no preseason, no really, you know what I'm saying. Right. So I think that Chandy that Kent was in. yeah, I think that was just like a connection thing. Like, okay, we just got to figure it out. But in 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 due time, let's just do what we got to do. Right. You know what I mean? I mean that that when when the Raiders played the Chiefs. That was the best I had seen their offense, mm-hmm. even though they lost. Right. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, they're like, they still, they're like, yeah, they still okay. here. They figuring it out, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And then you turn around, and then it's like, all right. Yeah. You know, so it's just kind of weird, man. Like, this season yeah. has and been you know, weird. Fortunately then, for them, they haven't been hit like everyone else nah, has been hit with yeah. the injury bug. You know, like, it's amazing. The Eagles won the Super Bowl a few years back. That following year was the start of this continued injury bug mm-hmm. for them every year. Just happened to the 49ers. Yep. And it happened in a matter of two weeks into the season. You yeah. know, so it's pretty it's pretty yeah. rough as to how this thing is playing out. And you know, it's it's real rough. But again, it just tells it just shows you how scary that particular team is. And and I say scary, I literally mean scary because like we just mentioned, on a bad day, they have had a good showing. Right, right. For, you know, if you want to call it that. It was still a good showing because they got the win mm-hmm. and because of the amount of points that they put up. Mm-hmm. Well, but, th- well, think about it. I'm, I'm, You know, and I just start looking at their stats again because I knew it was lopsided. I just didn't know how lopsided it was. Mm-hmm. Total yards. Total yards. Denver had 411. Wow. They had 286. Mm. Total yards. So, yeah, now if you look at stats, you would think Denver won that game. Passing yards. Denver had two th- uh, 234. KC had 185. Which is abnormal for them. Rushing yards. Denver had one one seventy seven, KC had one hundred one. Mm-hmm. The yards per play was almost even. Denver had twenty four first downs, they had seventeen. But this is the one that stood out to me. 
on third down efficiency, KC was zero for eight. Wow. They were zero for eight, where Denver was five for 14. Mm-hmm. The total plays, Denver had 76 total plays, Kansas City, 51. Wow. So you had 20, they had 24, 25 more total plays. So they had the ball more, mm-hmm. had 33 minutes to 26 minutes. Here's where they killed them. Two fumbles lost, two interceptions. Wow. That's what killed them. There wasn't a lot of penalties in the game. But when you start looking at the yardage and to see what the score ended up being, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, that that's what gets you. It's like, what? yeah, you're looking, you're like, wait, this is Kansas City, yeah, forty. And, and like I said, but also in the back of your mind, you're thinking, uh, I feel for their next opponent. Yeah, you know, because once they get to once they get their hands on those stats, you know, it's going to definitely be a want to improve oh, yeah. on that. Oh, and especially, definitely. like you said, not so much the disparity, but the imbalance mm-hmm. of it. You know, they could easily go into the film room and say, yo, we should have lost this game. Yeah, but yeah. somehow, some way, we scored 43 points and they only scored 16. You know, if you are analytical, if you are definitely a stat man and you just look at stats before you look at scores or take the scores away from things like that, you would definitely believe that Denver won that game. Yeah, you would. You know? You would. And for all intents and purposes, football minds would go in and, and statistically and say, Denver should have won this game. They should have. Statistically, you know? like you said. And, and, and to have. give up 43 points, you know, it says a lot about the state of the NFL this particular season and how it has affected teams in a lot of different ways. Okay? So, that being said, we'll move into our... Definitely our Patriots game, as we spoke of earlier. And we'll get into that and talk a little bit about that game. Because we got to talk about Cam. And we have to talk about how that particular team, like Baldy mentioned, is not or was not really suited for uh, that type of quarterback, a mobile quarterback who could also stand in the pocket as well. And then you also have to look at the team itself and the coaching staff. And like I mentioned, the alleged great mind of Bill Belichick has to figure out the fact that there is something that is going to need to be done within that organization along with them having Cam Newton in their stable right now, who is, as we said, the mobile quarterback, the quarterback that can give you more than their past quarterbacks um, for a long time. And... In that, you kind of want to say that they need to step it up. They need to do something. But the question ultimately becomes, what What? Mm -hmm. is it that they need to do to 
get that thing right, to get it back on track. And it, it, it's hard, it's really hard to say because, like Baldy mentioned, they've never been a team that had that skill set to use to their advantage. So even with me saying, the, even with me having the asterisk in the way I feel about their team, the, the, the things that they have done, um, to be brutally honest, would have made them scary if they were where they were and with the addition of Cam Newton as the quarterback that he is, that that would have made them a little bit more scarier than they appeared to be when they were making their run. And like I said, I got to call a spade a spade. Football is football. It's just me and my thing where I have asterisks about their wins and all of that. But when you look at the games and how the games were played and things of that nature, uh, you can definitely see how things would have been scary in that instance with them. And it gets you to thinking, what is Bill Belichick going to do now? Or it also could also for sake of debate, what will this do to his legacy mm-hmm. now that the season is going the way it's going? We listen. We there's a lot to look at. One of the things you might have to look at is what team will Cam be on next year? Because mm-hmm. there's a strong possibility he will not be back there right. next year. So when you look at the the teams that are out there, teams that are that are a quarterback away from being a pretty good team. Mm-hmm. Where's where's a good fit? Because there's this there's this standard, so to speak, standard that New England has, and God forbid they don't make the playoffs. And you got an extra team that can make the playoffs this year too. Mm-hmm. If they don't make the playoffs, it's gonna be a problem. Definitely. And I don't see Cam, I don't see Cam being there. Mm-hmm. I don't see him. Right. I, I just don't see it. I kind of I gotta agree with you on that, and, and I kind of feel like what you just said just hit the nail right on the head. And I think that them going through this and not initially adjusting for Cam will make them will kind of like push their hand mm-hmm. in their decision and say, eh, "This is not it's what not we do. Yeah. It's not going to work." We're going to have to move on. We're going to have to go with Jason Stidham, and then we'll have to bring somebody in that can fit into our offense because mm-hmm. it looks like they're not in the business of wanting to divert from their norm, yeah. if you will. So it's going to be tough for them. It's going to be tough for Cam because, like you said, then again, he'll be playing this game again two, two off seasons in a row. Mm-hmm. You know, where, where will I land? Where will I be? Where will I end up? So we'll definitely keep an eye out on that and see how the rest of the season plays out and see uh, what goes on with him in that situation. So with that being said, we'll get into this um, Eagles-Giants game a little bit before we go back into the signing, uh, before we get into the signing of Antonio Brown. And that game... Thursday night was 
you know, like I joked a little bit and said a barn burner, mm-hmm. if you will. And and it just shows the it just showed you what the division actually is. And, you know, you could argue about yesterday's game with Dallas and Washington that that would show you really what the division is. But mm-hmm. I think the way that game played out, the one-point victory, uh, the Giants had opportunities to put the Eagles away, mm-hmm. and they didn't. That I think that game shows what the division is. And I say that because, as always, I talk about Frank is back tuned in. Thanks for tuning in. I feel like, as I have felt a lot of years, including the Super Bowl year, a couple years before that, and from then on, pretty much every season up until now, after the Super Bowl, that the defense is the Eagles' backbone. That's their middle. I mean, it's a lot of times it's not the greatest, but... In every game so far this year, and correct me if I'm wrong, anybody that's tuned in or baldy while you're here, the defense, in my opinion, has given them opportunities Mm -hmm. to get back in the games and possibly win games. Um, Two games particular, or one game in particular to the tie, Mm -hmm. Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, the defense did it against the Giants. Right. But I'm just looking at, yeah, and I get that. Like, I'm going to get to that in a second. Mm -hmm. But I just mean, like, with that Cincinnati game, the offense was bad, Mm -hmm. as it had been. Yeah, true. You know, but it was just bad. And the defense just kept giving them, even the way Cincinnati played them, the defense kept giving them opportunities. And the offense just couldn't get it together. They couldn't get it together. Um, The game after that, like I said, you saw some things where you just say uh, maybe they're starting mm-hmm. to get it together. But really, you could say in this Giants game that it could appear that they are beginning to get some things together in the sense that they were down 11, they came back, and they won. Mm-hmm. And that was all because of the defense and some miscues by the Giants um, because – that 80-something yard run by Daniel Jones, if he had scored, <laughs> and, you know, we're, we're sitting here chuckling about it, but if you think about it football-wise, <laughs> if he scores, that could have pretty much put the game away yeah, for the Giants because it would have just broken the hearts of the mm-hmm. Eagles. It would have took the, all the wind out of their sails, you know, all the air out of their balloon or whatever. But him not scoring kind of changed things a little Keep bit. a little more life. Yeah, it gave them a little bit more life, a little bit more hope. And Carson Wentz, with the minimal weapons that he has, willed this team to a win. Mm-hmm. Uh, other guys stepped up. Boston Scott, who made that catch for that winning touchdown. Um, Richard Rodgers, mm-hmm. the third tight end, played a pretty good game. Uh, as we know... Travis Fulgham didn't have a great game, but we knew that he probably wouldn't have a huge game because of what he had done previous two weeks. It's on film, it's on tape, so the Giants were definitely going to prepare for that. And knowing the injuries 
They were not going to. They were basically saying, Travis, you're not going to be this. Somebody else is going to have to step up and help you be this, or somebody else is going to have to step up and be this. Mm-hmm. And they put it in Carson Wentz's hands. The one knock I have about that game is the play call. Um, I just feel like now, with the absence of Frank Wright, that shows a lot. Yeah, it does. I feel like Doug Peterson should maybe take a game where he doesn't call the plays and see if that helps anything, if that changes anything. Mm -hmm. Because, like we mentioned, you have a guy like Jalen Hurts, and I see you are starting to incorporate him a little bit more into the offense, but like we both said last week, there's got to be a block of plays yeah. already in place mm-hmm. for him, you know, and it can't be the read options, right? Solely the read options, because again, they got tape, even though it's his yeah. first year rookie, but they got tape on him from college. They know that's what he excels at, and when you're in the NFL, getting back to this chess thing, playing chess, mind game strategically, they're not going to let him. Right. Beat them, especially right. not now, mm-hmm. being a rookie yeah, and being a fill-in in the spot. A lot of teams are going to focus and key in on that, and they're not going to let him do that, or it's going to be very tough for him to succeed mm-hmm. in those plays. So if you're going to use him in the read option, you've got to give him the full extent mm-hmm. of the read option. Mm-hmm. That one particular play where he got swallowed up, where he could have gave off the pitch, right. I understand it was covered. The pitch was covered. The linebacker held his ground and read the play perfectly. You've got to be able, or you have to put in him when he's in the game, you have to give him that notion that when it gets to that, you got to read it. Mm-hmm. And I think if he had that notion, he would have been a little bit more comfortable, and I think he would have read that play better. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, you boil it all down. The skill set, the athleticism, he could have put a move yeah, on that linebacker yeah. and possibly sure watch and, and possibly and made a play on that. The same thing. You know, yeah. So, you know, even though it was played well, there's still that possibility. And if you don't instill that in him, you'll never know. Yeah. And then he won't do it. Mm-hmm. Or or just give him the confidence and say, look, read option. Do what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it looks like they're giving him read option plays, and then it's like it feels like or it looks like they're saying if it's not immediately there, then you just keep it. Mm-hmm. But it has to be not so much just keep it. It has to be him comfortable and doing what he does where if I can't pitch it, I can read who I got here watching me. Linebacker safety, I'm taking my chances with Jalen Hurts yeah, you on got, that. You have to. You have to. Like, you, you don't have a choice. Like you said, having a, having a little package set aside for him and know, okay, here's how you work. Because some athletes, man, they're instinctual. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You have to allow this, allow this kid to use his instincts. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And if if he's not out there using his instincts, he's mm-hmm. a lame duck out that joint. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like one thing you on did that say that I do agree with, too, about in terms of uh, your team in general the identity has to be defense. Mm-hmm. It has to be. It, it, because no that's, what's, that's what's anchoring everything. That's what's allowing y'all yeah. to be in games. So right. you can't worry about your offense. It is what it is. 
Yep. Our identity is this defense. Yep. Can we get at the ball? Can we get mm-hmm. these one, two, three outs? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And can we get position to where teams aren't getting getting over half half right. We got the short end yeah. of the field. Yeah, you know you gotta what I mean? play that field. Yeah. So gotta when you think when your offense is not playing well, the best thing that can ever happen to a team when offense isn't playing well is to have a good defense. That yeah. good defense allows short yardage yep. and it allows you to be able Rich, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, bro. it allows you to be able to to use your kicker, your special teams. Yep. To get you points. You know yep. what I mean? So I think and for y'all, like you said, mm-hmm. that, that defense has to be the anchor in your division. And the division. Let's be clear about yeah. the division. Yeah, it's bad. We know the division's bad. Division is bad. But somebody got to win it. Somebody's going to win it. And somebody's going to get in the playoffs somebody from this win. division. And that goes back to what we said years ago. Should they go to this format where only the top eight make it mm-hmm. and take out these division automatic division winners come in? Let's yep. take the top eight. But you know what their argument would be? <laughs> and it's funny that we're talking about this particular game and these particular two teams. The overall NFL or the big wigs argument would be Giants went to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl at nine and seven. Mm-hmm. Then I'm just saying that that would be, yeah, in yeah. my opinion, that would be the argument. And like we said, we know how bad this division is. Like we said, somebody's in first place, but nobody in the division is over 500. Right. I mean, everybody in the division is three to four games below mm-hmm. 500, and we're approaching week eight. Right. Right. So, I mean. So, in essence, we are 50% through this season. Yeah. And you've got the top two teams in this division with two wins. Yeah. I mean, if it weren't for the tie, it would be two identical records at two and five. You know, listen. so and, and you know, people were upset when the Eagles tied Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Now you have to look at it as it's better than a loss. It is better than and a loss. <laughs> it was an AFC team, but because of the division, that that tie may help the Eagles. It, it in the division. It just might help. It might help Normally them it hurts in the division. You, Normally, this, yeah, this is a flip. It might just help them in, you know, in this division. So it, it's really crazy about that, you know. So, like I said, we'll see what happens. So now, before we end this and give you our football picks, we got to talk a little bit. Actually, we're going to talk about this and close out. We may have to open up our next segment with uh, our football picks, depending on how this plays out. So I posted, and you've all seen it, you've all heard it, and I'm just mentioning it to you again in our uh, news and updates, that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have signed Antonio Brown. And if you haven't seen it, you can scroll back through um, the group. Mm-hmm. And see, or on Instagram at sportsgrab underscore d. What I mentioned was, is this a good signing for the Bucks, or is this something that will hurt them in the long? Or is it something that they will regret? Then again, like I said, I was thinking this morning. I was talking to the wife, and we talked about Antonio Brown 
keeps getting opportunities. Colin Kaepernick is still out of football. And one of the things she said, which I think was very important, she mentioned that uh, she didn't think Colin Kaepernick must have played football. And that's been the going thing about Colin Kaepernick the past several months or so, that maybe he just doesn't want to play anymore. But I bring that up before we get into uh, the Bucks and, the, and them signing Antonio Brown. The issue, I say, is you compare it to something criminal. And, and I'm just hypothetical here. You compare that to something critical. We all know what Antonio Brown's charges were when he was out of football and how he got suspended and things of that nature. So, in essence, if it were in a criminal fact, Antonio Brown uh, did some things to some women. Colin Kaepernick took a knee. So, if there was a criminal effect in it, you kind of look at it. Colin Kaepernick's alleged crime would be a misdemeanor mm-hmm. and Antonio Brown's would be considered felonies but Antonio Brown the one who's allegedly and again folks I'm being hypothetical here I'm just throwing this in so you can get an understanding of our dialogue and where we're going with this Antonio Brown the worst of the two evils if you will keeps getting opportunities which is kind of strange. And again, I, I understand, I get the fact that a lot of people are probably thinking that Colin Kaepernick is just done with the NFL. He doesn't want to play anymore. And if that is the case, then you know that's his decision. You know that's his option. But just for sakes of discussing this situation, it's really mind-boggling. And also the simple fact that people will never mention when they talk about Colin Kaepernick and his kneeling, that there was a strategy behind it. He talked to some veterans before he did it. Yep. So it wasn't like he just woke up one morning and said, oh, it's a lot going on in society. I'm just going to take a knee today to hell with it. No. He wanted to prove a point. And in all of this nonsense and all this madness, I think he got his point across. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, whether it was... Taken seriously as he felt it should have been is a bigger question. But you have to look at it somewhat to get a better understanding. And we know, like I said, we know what Antonio Brown did. I'm not going to, because of the nature of what he did, I'm not going to announce what he did on air. Harry Scruggs, thanks for tuning in. But we all know what he did. And he keeps getting an opportunity. He keeps getting an opportunity. And people will say, well, at one time, he was the best wide receiver in football. <laughs> okay, I give you that. I agree with that. At one point when he was playing, before all this controversy started, he could have, he was the best wide receiver oh, in yeah. football. No doubt. No doubt. But things change. And, you know, we get back on that scale. Sometimes you can be at the top, and then some of the things you do off the field will immediately drop your status. Yeah, I mean, with your accolades on the field. It always goes back to more from the dynamic duo and the Sports Rap Podcast here on Heat 100 Radio. You know how we do. You know what goes down. And listen, we're going to give you our picks for week eight right now. Then, Baldi's, one of our viewers brought up something that we feel like we need to discuss. You know, we are definitely 
all about you guys. Once again, Sports Rap Podcast is the group page on Facebook. You can get there and get us again. And again, like I said, I am definitely tuned in as well. So I will see your comments, and as the comments come through, we will definitely get them out on the air. So, week eight, and I'm hoping that this schedule stays the same because, you know, like I said last week, I didn't notice it until yesterday that there were some mix-up, and we all know it's due to the COVID situation. Ooh. So, we got the one game tonight closing out week seven, Chicago at Miami. Miami. Why do I keep saying Miami? Chicago at the L.A. Rams. So we move along and we go into week eight. We look at Thursday. Falcons at the Panthers. I'm going with Teddy and the Panthers. Yeah, I think I'm going to take care of Um, that. I think the Falcons are in a way where not so much just playing out the rest of the slate, but it's going to start being a rebuilding for them. And trade deadline is approaching. I don't think they'll move anybody before the trade deadline. There was a lot of talk about Julio Jones or possibly even Matt Ryan being moved um, in that. But not really sure how that's going to play out. So I'm going to go with Teddy Bridgewater and the Falcons in that game. I mean, I'm sorry, and the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Hey. Panthers for Baldy as well. Yes, sir. Sunday, Steelers, Ravens. I, I like what the Steelers are doing right now. Still some questions about the Ravens. Like, Baldy keeps using that word identity. I think identity is going to be the word for the day. Mm-hmm. Still don't have a definitive identity on what the Ravens are. I mean, you could easily, you could arguably say that they are the one of the teams with the up-and-coming quarterback style of play, the mobile quarterback. Mm-hmm. You could easily say that. Or they have a running game as well. So they need to get their identity together. Um, going here, I'm going with the Steelers on the road just because I think the Steelers are a little bit more solidified as far as their identity. Yeah. And what they gonna do. I agree wholeheartedly, brother. I'm gonna take I'm taking uh taking the Rams and the Dolphins. So it'll be the first it will be the first game for Tua as the official starter for the Dolphins. Uh the Rams are up and down, but because of that defensive line, the players on that defensive line. I am going to go with the Rams in that game. Yeah, I'm going with the Rams. I don't think uh, – I still think, like, right now with Miami, uh, Fitz is – you know, he hurt. Yeah, Fitz He's is Fitz. Hurt. Yeah, but we know Fitz is Fitz. And um, and the young guy coming in, I mean, it's going to be tough Yeah, for him to get his first start against the defensive front like the Rams have. And then you got one arguably the best corner on mm-hmm. that side of the ball, too, and then Jalen Ramsey, so – Gonna to be tough for him. The Jets and the Chiefs in KC, and like I said, somewhat of a subpar performance as far as stat wise for Kansas City. So I mean, the Jets need to look out. I'm going with the Chiefs at home. You already know. Yes, indeedy. 
Vikings and the Packers, division game, tough game. We know what Kirk Cousins is. I'm going with discount double check and the Packers. I'm going bring back. The Colts and the Lions. After showing me what they showed me yesterday, Matt Stafford, mm-hmm. pretty good. And it's here. The Lions are back home. You know, Frank Reich is the head coach out there. Um, mm-hmm. Not really, again, like we said, the word of the day, identity. No real identity on what the Colts are going to be, even with the addition of, uh, what's the quarterback? Over the... Uh, yeah, the, the former Chargers quarterback. Uh, Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers. Still not sure there, so I'm going with Detroit at home. I'm going to go... I'm going, I, you, you're going to play the devil's advocate I'm going to play the devil's advocate. You're going to go with the coach? That's cool. With, I'm going to go with the coach. I, I, I'm, I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. The Raiders and the Browns. Surprisingly enough, Browns been playing, man. I got to mm-hmm. give them some credit. Yes, indeed. They've been playing. And I'm... I'm, I'm as much as I... I'm, Give me the Browns. Give me the Browns. That's cool because I'm going with the Browns too. I mean, what I was going to say about the Browns now is, like I mentioned in the opening, you know, it's in some type of injury to Odell Beckham. But still got Jarvis Landry. Mm-hmm. And I'm still uh, on the fence about Baker. Right. But I give Baker the same thing I'm doing like for Carson. I give him the B, B minus for effort mm-hmm. because he will try to get that game, although it may end up being detrimental for him sometimes like it has been for Carson. So I'm going to go with the Browns there. The Titans at the Bengals. I'm taking Tennessee. I'm going with Tennessee as well. That running game in Tennessee is is just immaculate. I just went against your Lions. Mm, The Patriots and the Bills. Considering the way Cam played, and considering the uncertainty as far as us on the outside looking in at what's going on in New England, I like that Bills defense. Yeah, I'm going um, to Josh Allen has been playing a lot better, so it's an even twist there, the Bills. The Chargers are at the Broncos. I'm not sure about the Broncos quarterback situation. I think they got some things to fix there. I like the young boy. Um, I like the young boy over there, Herbert, over in, in L.A., so I'm going with the Chargers. Uh, I'm going to go with them. Going with Broncos. I'm mm. going with the Broncos. Mm. Saints and the Bears. Somebody got to lose. That's right. Somebody got to lose. <laughs> the, Saints, the Saints and the Bears. This is a tricky one. Yeah. Because... The Saints game yesterday came out to the wire. It wasn't no it's something about it's something missing over there yep. right now. Chicago Michael defense Thomas. ball. Michael Thomas is what's missing. That's amazing. Yeah, listen. It's something you know, missing over there. The, the Bears defense is, is is playing very very good right now. They're playing very well right now. If you if you will correct my English, and Nick Foles, I always said it, not a starter per se from game one throughout the season. I always felt that he's 
like the ideal backup quarterback. But I think um, a couple weeks back, the sideline conversation that was had between him and Matt and the coach where he felt like he could have been going up-tempo and the coach didn't want to, I think it's a little bit of a respect thing building there as far as coach and quarterback, as far as coach quarterback playing on the field. And I also think that Nick Foles is beginning to get a little comfortable there. And we all know what he can do when he gets comfortable. Right. Right. So I'm going to also, I'm going to go with the Bears. Yeah, I'll take the Bears on that. 49ers are at the Seahawks. It's I a think, tough th- I think our defense at this particular time has found a little rhythm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like defensively what they've done in in our coverages, not mm-hmm. giving up big, big plays. But what's killing us right now still is our inability to truly run that ball because mm-hmm. Raheem Mostert is hurt. Mm-hmm. Tammy Coleman, her. Mm-hmm. You already know how I feel about uh, old boy that came over from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I ain't never been sold on him, you know, but we, we're using him in a way that we shouldn't. We're trying to run him, and he's a he's a, he's a catching running back. He's mm-hmm. now. So, it's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly believe we can beat them in Seattle. In Seattle. Yeah, that's where the game is least, this week. It's yeah, in Seattle. Yeah, at least three. I so you're going with the Niners? Yes. Yeah, so I'm going to go with my boys. I think okay. we can get them. I'm going with the Seahawks. Yeah. For just some of the things that you just yeah. mentioned, you know, some of the uncertainty as far as the utilage of the personnel and some of the uncertainty on the defense and the comfort level of that Seattle offense, because their defense is, is just pretty bad right now. Yeah. But just that comfort level of that, of that offense – and coming off of a loss, the way that they lost yesterday, yeah. it, it's going to be very imperative. It's going to be some urgency there for them to get back on track immediately and not let this funk begin to grow and linger. So I'm going to go with the Seahawks at home. Cowboys at the Eagles. I'm going with the, I think the Eagles going to beat them. I'm picking the Eagles. Yeah, I think the Eagles going to picking the them. Eagles. Even I mean, though, even though you know it's a division game, yeah, all that good stuff. It's a division but they game. terrible, man. But like you said, the Cowboys' offense was terrible. Andy Dalton got knocked out under concussion protocol, so he will more than likely miss this game. You know, he may come back next week, but he will more than likely miss this game. And the way that the defense has been playing, I think. It kind of takes me back to what some of the things I said about the Cincinnati game. Young quarterback, uncertainty, and with everything going on in Dallas, with some undisclosed yeah. players calling out the coaching staff about their unpreparedness week to week. And I think at this point, the Eagles may possibly understand or realize that if they get this win, they can actually, <laughs> for what it's worth, take control of this division at this point. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Eagles yeah, I'm gonna go with the at Bears home. Next Monday night, closing out week eight, the Bucks are at the Giants. We see the new addition. I'm, I'm going with the Bucks. Yeah, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. 
So with that being said, those are your picks from us for week eight. Again, as always, the schedule will go up tomorrow. You will have from the time the schedule goes up tomorrow until 4, maybe 5 p.m. Thursday to get your picks in to be eligible for your lunch on us. Yeah. You know, we've had some winners so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, most recent winner was Tay. Tay. Tay, Tay won twice we, already. T's won twice already. We've had another winner. We've had a winner all the way from Louisiana, Texas. I'm not sure where she is right now, but you remember Tiffany mm-hmm. yep. Singleton won, yep. and we've taken care of her. So you can check with any of them, and it, it's real, you know. And some fake cash app, if we meet up and give you a gift card somewhere, somewhere, you will win lunch on us mm-hmm. for your support and participation in that. So let's get right into it. Baldy had something that he wanted to bring in. Uh, yeah, so... We all know that Deion Sanders has been uh, named the head coach. And we knew that the NCAA was going to be coming with some stuff. So he's over at Jackson State. Yeah, we knew they was coming. We knew they was coming. Because they're trying to, it seems like, you know, you got to interrupt the flow of something that's positive. (laughs) They bring something positive. So, Mm -hmm. uh, Bird, Kareem Green, thanks for uh, sending that out. I definitely I, I had it in my other notes too, because it had popped up on my feed earlier this week. So thanks for that reminder as well. So here we have Di. You're getting about three hundred thousand a year, four years. Uh, the stadium itself seats sixty thousand. So to give him three hundred thousand plus bonuses is not nothing because they're gonna sell that joint out. Definitely from the rip. Especially because Dion's the coach. He's the coach, and you know it's not like he's replacing the guy that was a. Uh, that, that that was a winner. They were six and nine last year. Hasn't had a winning season since two thousand and thirteen. Right. So. So we know what the defense. We know. So the we already know that be. what he's going to be bringing to that to that school mm-hmm. is going to be something special, which is going to turn into a lot of top recruits moving towards HBCUs. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a difficult thing. So the NCAA brought up this uh, brought up this case against uh, Jackson State that predates Dion. This is all on the, on that last coaching. And, uh, they just said that they uh, they they ne- negotiated a resolution which occurred with thirty four players had practiced without having the, the acceptable eligibility to do so. Um, that was one of the things. They weren't eligible to uh, practice, but 34 players and the school was functioning together, which they didn't have the clear from the NCAA. Mm-hmm. Uh, a former staff member made a payment of $300 to a player's godmother. So we know once the funds start switching hands, you already know NCAA is on it. Yep. They already they must have already threatened the, the, uh, the student Absolutely. about losing his eligibility. Somebody had to come clean. Right, uh, and then there was a, a impermissible tutoring assistance given to a transfer student to help him gain eligibility. So, there these are situations that are minor, technically mm-hmm. they're minor, but it yeah. cuts into your uh, your scholarship money. Absolutely, you have these things. major oh. schools don't wait three hundred bucks, and three hundred. <laughs> That ain't nothing. These jokers cutting hundred thousand dollar checks. They get money in envelopes at yeah, booster man. parties. So you know they gotta do their. They have to do their job, 
And yeah, part of absolutely. their job is to expose some corruption. Right. And when you expose some of that corruption, and now you got a new coach that inherits that corruption, mm-hmm. that's their way of saying we watch you. And then you know it's that, mean? and then it's that fact that they know what we know, right? Like you said, it, it Deion Sanders, mm-hmm. and they know that his coaching staff next year will be able it, right. to receive some and money and get some. Some of the names yeah. on his coaching staff now: mm-hmm. T.O., mm-hmm. Warren the, Satin. I think Jerry is, Rice's name was thrown around in that was. mix as well. And what it is, is so you've got not to cut you off no, real yeah, quick, yeah. but you've got Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. Champions mm-hmm. that, like we talked off air, mm-hmm. that will totally prepare these young men for the next for level. the next level on and off the field mm-hmm. going in. So the scary part for mainstream NFL and all the major minds or whatever behind that is, oh no, these young African American kids. Are going to have the upper hand on these other recruits that me mm-hmm. that we may want to push. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they, they, well, we got to do something to. We got to put you know we got to put some speed bumps mm-hmm. in that. You know we're not going to be able to completely stop it because of the staff. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to be able to completely stop it, but we can slow it down. Yeah. You know, and figure out how we're going to deal with it. So mm-hmm. you know they're doing whatever they can to do that. Yeah, and like you said. The, the preparation that's going to go into that, that's going to transition to the next level, you got three guys. Unprecedented. Three Hall of Famers who did it on the biggest stage possible. Mm-hmm. Two the workouts of them, that and they, two of them from those types yeah, of schools. And the workouts <laughs> that those guys had to do to become the player that they, they became Absolutely. is now going to be put on the – there's an expectation mm-hmm. that's going to be put on those players that other teams don't have. Yep. It's gonna be that yeah, gonna be gonna that kind of Alabama effect on man, yeah, that about particular to a lot of lives, conference. Man. About oh to yeah, a lot of, and like we said, it's, it's it's all recruiting. Yeah, the recruiting is gonna be. Man, I'm trying to go. To, I'm trying to go to Jackson yeah. State now. Like, okay, I'm getting recruited by Nick Saban. All right, Nick Saban is good. He runs the SEC. Whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, but wait, Jackson State mm-hmm. is historically. HBCU, but the coaching staff trumps Nick Saban. And that's no discredit to yeah. Nick Saban and what yeah. he's done. Yeah. And with Alabama and sending kids to the NFL, black, white, otherwise, or whatever. But the overall total experience of going to a Jackson State and playing for Hall of Famers. NFL Hall of Famers, which is my dream because I'm playing football in college. This is my dream to get to the next level. So what better way to be prepared than get it from people that are just like me who were succeeded at the highest level in that particular area? And they were the greatest, arguably the greatest at their position. Yep. So it goes back to what we were saying before years ago. When we talked, when I said, man, I can't wait until these players start going to HBCUs. Mm-hmm. How's that going to change the landscape? Well, this makes perfect sense. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And the connection. So you got a guy like Dion, who other coaches, who other other mm-hmm. owners use his, his, uh, his intellect as a barometer of who to draft. 
Right. Who would draft? So he's gonna mm-hmm. say, man, I got this kid at Jackson State. I got I got four kids at Jackson State, one in four threes. He can propel them in a position that they could have never been in. And and now that you just said that, just brought up another point that we didn't really mention, but it just jo- just jumped in my head. The relationships that these guys have with mm-hmm. NFL scouts and recruiters. And, and teams. Nobody's and going to the football games just to go for the halftime show. Because that black college is the halftime show is right. why you go. That's right. That's well, you why may, you go. Now, you may pop up and <laughs> see a... New England Patriots representative at a couple of these games, right, man. Right, it's going some to be, Green Bay Packers. It's going to be you know, some cats some some guys, and you know Pete Carroll. Let's take Seattle for another example. Mm-hmm. As much as he's done at USC mm-hmm. and his gang, you know, affiliated with the team members and all of that, and just the gang members in general, wouldn't be surprised if you got some staff from the Seattle Seahawks down there at some of these games. Well, think about this television time that's going to happen. Because right now, Dion is bubbling the water. Mm-hmm. He's boiling it, and it's bubbling. Yes, so who's indeed. not going to want to see his debut game? Right. They're going to want to see the debut game. Yep. So you telling me that how many Jackson State games you saw? Not many. <laughs> I might have seen highlights. Yeah, highlights, yeah. I might have seen highlights. I've seen plenty of halftime shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's really <laughs> Plenty of halftime shows, <laughs> you know. Plenty, plenty of battle with the bands. Would you see? But, but, but the actual, the actual, the actual game. game. Nah. But so what's happening now is now we're going to watch this Jackson State game. Mm-hmm. We're going to look at the quarterback. We're going to look at the running backs. We're going to look at everybody on there, and we're going to be identified with the players on that team yep. for one reason and one reason only. Who's the coach? Now you're talking about 60,000 seats. I wonder when's the last time they had a sellout crowd at Jackson State. They're going to get it this year. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, indeed. They're going to get it this year. Ticket sales go up, right? Mm-hmm. How much revenue? We're going to have to do a spot check on this. Yeah. A spot check on the revenue that Jackson State has had. Has had. To what's potentially coming. To what the Dion effect is going to have. On that revenue, I guarantee you the apparel is going to go out the roof. Yeah, I guarantee you the recruitment is going to go through the roof because now you got Division One guys coming out of high school. Why wouldn't you want to go play for Dion? Yep. Why not? Absolutely. And I wouldn't be shocked if you start seeing more NFL guys become HBCU coaches, mm-hmm. which is where we were saying four years ago. Five years ago, we can't wait to see this wave. Right. The wave is here, brother. That's right. The re- the revolution is going to be televised. It will baby. be televised. It's, it's going to be televised, and there's going to be a bunch of conglomerates trying to advertise during those games yep. that they've never had before. Yep. So, like, you know, like Bird said, too, yeah, it's going to help all the black colleges, but what's also going to happen is your HBCU broadcast and telecommunications is going to go through the roof because now they're going to expect high quality mm-hmm. for these games. Yeah. Well, who's your TV it, media broadcast? It's going to kind of remind you like when the NBA, when the Lakers was on every right. other day or every weekend, yeah. you're going to mess around and be seeing Jackson State somewhere I'm telling you, every man. weekend or every other weekend. I'm telling you, it's going to, it's a nice way. It's I coming, wait. man. I can't, I can't wait. I want to see yeah, that I, I can't wait. is on that number. Yeah. 
Yeah, man. definitely. I, I definitely can't wait for that. God forbid you know, they so. go undefeated. Oh, they go undefeated. Man, listen, man. It's a wonderful problem. He got four years man. to get it together. Yep. I guarantee you, and I will say guarantee, I guarantee you, even if he's 500 in those four years, the revenue itself will have them extend the contract far longer than with that four years. Oh, yeah. They probably ain't never... I'm 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 gonna do some digging today. Yeah. I'm gonna do a little digging today because yeah, it sure. just triggered my brain. Like, man, well, I wonder what was that? What was the revenue? Mm-hmm. What was that revenue last year? I want to see what it is now. Right. You know what I mean? Because I know it's coming. Yeah, it's getting ready to get blown yeah, out the water. Man, Definitely. Yeah. So thanks for Bird for bringing that up mm-hmm. and Institute. Now that's something great. And, you know, just definitely exactly what we do, what we like to do here on Sports Rap. So, you know. It's opening that door, and we just talked about the football aspect of that particular part of of the HBCUs. But like Baldy said, how many other NFL coaches will now look at that as an opportunity to be part of something historic? Because this is going to be historic. Mm -hmm. Okay? And... It has the potential to gravitate over to other sports now. And like I said, we just mentioned the football aspect. But imagine, just like you said, the atmosphere, the potential boosting or super boosting of the revenue where you have schools like that and they'll say, oh, wait a minute. Football team did this? Mm-hmm. You're gonna see, man. It's less people on the basketball team. I have you have you taken a look at, at their schedule? No, I haven't. Alright, so let me punch it up real quick. You know, quick. yeah, so why are you doing that again? You know, it's less team members on the basketball team. Mm-hmm. So the football team can do this. And, and let's just hypothetically say one of these HBCUs ends up some type of way prying a Mark Jackson into a coaching position there. Same situation. Mm-hmm. All-star, premier NBA player. You know what he did as a coach. It could very well change the entire landscape of HBCU sports. Oh, with the beginning here, like we said, with Jackson State. You know, and like I said, if it can gravitate over to other sports, the possibilities are almost endless you know and that will definitely have an impact on the national level all the way across the board because now you'll have a lot more of these athletes taking a more serious look Mm -hmm. at some of these HBCUs where they know they'll get the culture that they look for and then they'll get the tutelage from coaches that look like them that have done it yeah. on a highly successful level. And then it automatically puts into their head, well, if they can do it and I'm playing under them, there's no reason why I can't do the same oh, most thing. Definitely. Most definitely. You got, so the season starts in February. Okay. End of February. 
uh, February 21st. You have uh, Edward Borders, Florida, Mississippi Valley State, Grambling State, Alabama State, Prairie View A&M. Uh, and folks, some of these names that you're hearing right now are not just football teams. Right. Grambling, mm-hmm. Prairie View, these are like mainstays. These are like powerhouses in that HBCU realm. Yeah, they got what they got. Jack, uh, Jackson State, Jackson State Southern, Alabama A and M, Alcorn State, and then it goes into the swag. So you got a nice bit, nice bit of football. Like, and football is going all the way to May. Yeah, it's going all the way to May this year because they're starting late. Late, you know? mm-hmm. and normally you'll get more colder games. Now you get more warmer games. Yep. So I just you know what see. it does in the warmer temperatures. It's gonna bring more people out. Oh, most definitely. Some of that sixty thousand may be standing room only. Mm-hmm. And of course, look, I'm just looking at the possibility. Like my man Harry said, he said, "You ever seen Jackson State play? Uh, did you know an undefeated <coughs> season ain't gonna happen this year?" <laughs> and well, Harry, that's my point. I haven't seen them play like that. I'm just saying, wishfully thinking. Yeah. Hey man, what if they? What if it did happen? Right. All right. that's doing is spread more light on on something. See what people don't understand. That's let's just historically speaking. Let's just go back. Black colleges were created because we were not allowed to go to colleges of white students with white students. Yep. So we so created our own. You created. There was a creation of black colleges for black students. We're not allowed to integrate. Mm-hmm. So, black colleges, voila. The black athlete for years only went to black colleges. Yep. When it turned into a money situation, one university had to say, hey man, listen, I don't care, but we need help. Right. His talent, I've seen is he got to get him over here. Mm-hmm. And then that, that became a whole, the floodgates opened up. A lot of the talent that was at these black universities literally left the black universities. That's where you get the NCAA and these rules come in because colleges were like, let's offer him some money to pull him away from there. Mm-hmm. You're offering poor kids money to go to a university. That's right. Some Who's did not? get paid. And yeah. then some players just wanted to prove that you put me at a Purdue or a Kentucky, and I'll show you, because they, they ain't recruiting us. Mm-hmm. But if I ever, I, I blow them out the water. Because the talent pool there was not greater than the talent pool at the HBCUs. Right. Basketball was identical. It was the same way. Mm-hmm. To see those come 180 and start coming back to black colleges, I'm all for it. Should have been happening. Yeah. Should have no been happening. But what happened was, when money's involved. Oh, yeah. Things change. And you're a Kentucky. And I'm mm-hmm. Western Kentucky. Yep. Kentucky got millions and millions and millions yep. of dollars. I'm on TV every week. And I'm getting funding from the government to function. Yep. I'm on TV every week. Even though even though, I, even though I watch you and I'm Pop Warner grow up. Yep. I'm getting the best Nike gear Come on, for Where free. Where I'm going there. 
You yeah. don't go to Kentucky. Absolutely. Because it's the most exposure you're getting. But if that exposure can come back to HBCUs, it's a beautiful I'm thing. all for it, brother. Definitely a beautiful I'm thing. All for it. Beautiful thing. That being said, wrapping up, great, great dialogue. Great most topics. Great additions brother. from our viewers today. Mm -hmm. Harry, thanks for that. Bird, thanks for that. Richard yes, Drummond, sir, yes, sir. Frank Milligan, Ivan Robinson, everybody that tuned in. Joanne Turner, everybody that tuned in today. We appreciate you as always. You know where to find us each and every Monday here on air. The station that keeps it 100 Heat 100 Radio Sports Rap Podcast. The link is in the bios. You can find me on social media, mostly Facebook, the group Sports Rap Podcast. Mm -hmm. Also, Instagram and Twitter, more so Instagram, at sportswrap underscore D. You know the webpage, sportswrapradio.com. The podcast can be iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. And YouTube, SportsRap TV. There's plenty of video up there. Some videos from last week are up. These videos will go up later this week, so you can chime in and check them in. And leave us some comments. Make sure you hit the like button. And the subscribe button. And also click that bell so you will be alerted when we upload new video. Baldy? Uh, most definitely, man. Like you said, you can get with me on Facebook, Aaron Baldy Moore. Or you can get with me on Instagram, Ball75. And again, please go on there. Watch the video. You got any questions, anything, put them in the right. comments. Put section. them in the comments. We'll read them, get back yeah. to you. If we don't get to you on social media, we'll bring it to you on air. Mm -hmm. And I got to do some picking today. Boss Lady wasn't here last week for our fifth anniversary. Mm -hmm. She usually hooks us up with some stuff. She's last time she decorated the studio for us. But we understand you need your time. You need to be mm -hmm. away. You need to be relaxed. But I don't know if this is ours or not, <laughs> but I'm holding this up just to mess with you. We appreciate the gift. So we're going to be streaming all over the place now. Nah, I'm just kidding. Boss Lady, I had to do that just because I saw it sitting here and I had to mess with you. Thanks for tuning in, folks. We will see you next week here in studio and all week on social media. Enjoy the liquid sunshine. For a minute, I thought the sun was getting ready to come out, mm -hmm. but it went back in. So be safe as always and tune in to us, and we'll see you next week. Have a great Monday, folks. Peace.